think, you're, think we've got time for one more question. Hey, uh, remember when uh, you were in the, the Beatles and uh, you did that um, album, Abbey Road, and uh, at the very end of uh, the song, it, it, the song goes, uh, and in the end, the love you take is equal to the love you make. You, you remember that? Yes. Uh, is that true? Yes, Chris, in, in my experience it is, I find the more you give, the more you get. Yeah, yeah. Welcome to the Better Each Day podcast radio show with Bruce Hilliard. Today and every day, reaching out for innovative ideas in every way. Yeah, Today's show is yeah. brought to you by your future. It comes with a lifetime guarantee. Ooh, make a better stand up, baby. Oh yeah, here we are again, the Better Each Day podcast radio show episode 197 with 138 days until Christmas and 365 days until this time next year. I'm your host, Bruce Hilliard, and I hope your world is a wonderful place to be in right now. My hand surgery went well, it's been about three weeks, and I won't be playing guitar worth a damn for a while, but the time off doing the prescribed exercises and pretending I'm right-handed has inspired me to do things set aside for showing off my penguin flipper dexterity. I mixed and released a new single called California. We'll get to that as soon as we talk to and listen to the music of our guests, Chris James, the lead singer of the Burrito Brothers. Their sound is remarkable and makes you think, hey, they have that sound. Their new album, Notorious Burrito Brothers, could possibly never reach the ears of those who need to hear sincere and wholesome Americana music. Songs that make you relax and say, yep. The music that morphed organically from the Laurel Canyon scene of the 60s groups such as the Birds, the Beach Boys, Buffalo Springfield, and eventually Firefall and the Eagles. The sound that was christened the L.A. sound. Here's Chris James with the music of the Burrito Brothers. Put an intro in later on. I can edit the crap out of this. So everything we say sounds like the most brilliant thing anybody's ever said <laughs> is my goal. Good. <laughs> so I just texted my cousin Scott in Yakima and I said, yeah, remember the Flying Burrito Brothers? I'm going to talk to the guy that sings lead for what they, you can just go by the Burrito Brothers now, correct? Yeah. Yeah. Do you want that story? Yeah, <laughs> you yeah. Know, I mean, that's as good a place to start as any, probably. Well, that'll probably be the start in the end, because you guys, I, and I look at the Wikipedia, it's like trying to reverse engineer a DNA strand oh, or it's, something. It's, it's, it's incredible. I, I don't know if there's ever been a group with any more personnel changes and, and uh, revolving door of, of people in it. I think there might be some who come close. Uh, there are precedents, you know, um, I, I've liked to say for the past, well, let's see, I've been uh, pretty much heading it up uh, since about 2009. And, uh, and when uh, some of the usually old people, uh, naysayers, you're not the real Burrito Brothers kind of attitude hits us, they say, well, you know, so who is? If you look at that yeah. list, like you mentioned on Wikipedia, there is no iconic main lineup. I mean, a case could certainly be made that the original or quasi-original group, uh, 
with Graham Parsons, Chris Hillman, Chris Etheridge, and Sneaky Pete was perhaps the iconic version, especially since Graham looms so large as a cult uh, hero yeah. who died young. But mm. he's only on that and the next album. And the next album, their second album, already has a pretty dramatic personnel change. They no longer have Etheridge, and they then have Michael Clark and Bertie Ledden. Two new people and one guy already out. There's no two albums they've ever made that any group going by the burrito name has ever made where the next one in a row is the same people as the previous one. It's uh, Can I chime in here for a sec? Yeah. Yeah, so you've already referenced, um, let me see, the birds, the eagles, the yeah. tie-ins. Yeah. But the, the <laughs> one thing that hasn't changed is the sound and the philosophy of the whole thing, though. So it doesn't matter who's in it, but it still kind of has the burrito brother thing going on. Oh, I think so. I think that's essential. I think you don't you don't do this to uh, um, to change it. Although I, I would make a case that there was a period, although it was an oddball time in all of music, I tend to think, uh, sometime in the mid to late 80s, where they were really kind of consciously trying to make it some sort of country hit effort, a pop-ish sound. And boy, the, the real long-term diehard burrito fans tend to see that as sort of the glitch in the road. It's like, a, uh, otherwise, what you say is true. If it's really stayed very honest to the original template of what that group ought to sound like. There was a... Um, a review I saw a long time that said uh, the guy liked the album, but it had he thought it had too much pedal steel guitar on it. And I mm. thought, you know, that that's like saying a Miles Davis album has too much trumpet. Trumpet on it, yeah. I get that I, you know, I mean, there. what pedal steel guitar <laughs> is the template? It's the uh, the the cornerstone instrument sound that Sneaky Pete established from day one. So, yeah, now, he, he, when I look at the timeline, he's been in it as long as anyone, I think. Well, he was the longest, and he, he's some of the, uh, I don't know, I've heard him call haters, uh, or the, <laughs> the sort of naysayers. Um, yeah, yeah. Uh, some of them say, you know, that uh, if he's not in it, then it's not the real Burrito Brothers. But that's pretty iffy, because if you look down the timeline, he came and went a lot. And yeah. then, and then the, uh, and and just having the pedal steel player, and not a single other guy from the earliest days, that's not exactly uh, staying rock solid on the uh, you know original lineup. But uh, yeah. the thing also that gives us, I really really uh, stood by the the thought that uh, Graham Parsons himself was quoted back in 1973, the year he died, that uh, what did he think? He was asked by an interviewer what he thought of there being the Flying Breeder Brothers still going on without a single one of the guys who were on the first album. And he said, I'm all for it. I think the idea has to go on whether I'm in it or anybody else. It's got to continue. And that's just gold to, to us, yeah. to we who, you know, want to carry that on. So do you sing most of the lead vocals now? At this stage, yeah. Um, I hadn't. There'd always been at least one other guy, and I always try to make sure, even now that uh, 
that I, I pretty much uh, spearheaded this latest album. Uh, well, I shouldn't put it that way. Uh, I'm, I'm the singer, but it's very collective. It's absolutely Tony Paoletta, Bob Hatter, Peter Yost, and me. And uh, everybody putting in a large portion of the creative input and all writing together. But but they defer to me as the lead singer. And uh, we got Ronnie Gilbo to sing one song so that it's broken up a little. And I'm going to always be conscious of that. Prior to Walter Egan choosing to return to his solo career, um, he and I traded off vocals. My brother was in the band for a while, Fred James, who's got the reputation himself. Uh, and he sang some lead. Though he tended to defer to me, he'd always kind of get go, Chris, it's your band, you know. But uh, right now I'm the principal lead singer, at least on this album. It's hard to discern based on the bio that I have who does what, who sings on what and everything. And, and there's, uh, you know, and questions I would ask that maybe nobody else. Is. There's kind of a sitar sound on, on uh, Love is, is a River. Yeah, that's what, definitely what is, that uh, that. That funny, uh, the uh, electric sitar. They came out with those in the, I don't know, mid to late 60s. Yeah. Didn't the box tops have a song with that? And, uh, Cry oh, Like a Baby. A, oh, even that Steely Dan tune, uh, Back Jack, Do It Again. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah okay. Yeah. <laughs> okay. It's fun. So that's what it is. Yeah, it's an electric guitar uh, sitar. Oh, I want one. This sounds pretty cool. Yeah, it is cool. <laughs> yeah. Love is a Kisses the sea As you become one 
say when I was telling yeah. you, I, I'm sorry to interrupt you about that. Oh, sure, uh, sure. That's why I had um, About when I gave that, that paraphrase of Graham's quote, also the, um, might almost call it justification, the original burrito, the very first ones with Graham Parsons and Chris Hellman, took the name from Ian Dunlop and Barry Tashin, who played local L.A. gigs, just pick up band kind of things and for just a lark for you know silliest name they could think of called it the flying burrito brothers and parsons used to sit in with them and it's kind of odd that um they they then chose to steal that name to take that name when they when hillman and parsons left the birds and uh started their new group they called it the flying burrito brothers which is <laughs> i i liken it to the the, those days, you know, Chocolate Watch Band, Jefferson Airplane, Iron Butterfly. It's just a weird sort of wordy name, you know, for that era. What did, was it Graham Parsons that came up with International Submarine Band? Actually, that also, uh, both names, Flying Bear Birds and International Submarine Band, are attributed to Ian Dunlop. Oh, okay. His friend from <laughs> England. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. You think of uh, meetings where the bands are trying to come up with a name and they come up with, you know, Captain Pissgums or Quivering Thigh, Vomit Launch. Oh, there's another uh, a real connection to why we named our album, this new album, The Notorious Burrito Brothers, because there's a classic birds album called The Notorious Bird Brothers, uh, the fifth birds album. It's the one yeah. right before Graham joined, uh, Sweet, Sweetheart of the Rodeo, is the sixth bird album. Uh-huh. And uh, Graham was at a couple of the sessions. They they were already acquainted, and uh, uh, he had played with this bar band, Flying Burrito Brothers. This is a year before the album by that name came out, and uh, so they were joking around and talking about funny names for the album. And you kind of you know tell the. The similarity, Notorious Bird Brothers, Flying Burrito Brothers, you know, the, what happened was they were tossing around that Flying BBs for 
for the album name, and it just kind of morphed into <laughs> the uh, uh, Notorious Birdman. And since that is so connected to the genesis of everything we feel we're carrying on, we thought it'd be neat to actually have an album called The Notorious Burrito Birds. But it has a double meaning because, as we've already cited, there's some of these sort of naysayers or something that you're not the real burrito bird. And it's like, well, yeah, we are. We own the trademark rights, and we got there organically, naturally, one person at a time, the same way every change in the group ever happened. So yeah. get over it, and, you know, you don't have to listen. <laughs> but uh, uh, So that makes us, quote, notorious, unquote. You know, so I think there's a lot of kind of clever thought to the album title. Yeah, and you guys are having fun with it. That's very important. Yeah. Everybody yeah. understands fun. Thank you so much, Chris James from the Burrito Brothers, the coolest guy I know. This next song is mine. It's a song called California. I wrote it a couple of years ago on Whidbey Island. I'll save you the details for a future show, but for now, here's a teaser. I had the help of Saho Yamashita on backing vocals and rhythm guitar and some really tasty pedal steel guitar licks from Dakota Holden. Here's just a, a snippet, a little sampling, a Whitman sampler. I hope you enjoy my song, California. radio show with Bruce Hilliard. We'll be back with a new horizon, but until then, honor the future. It comes with a lifetime guarantee.
and we're all just trying to make the next day a bit better.